The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be ever pleasing in your sight, our Lord and Redeemer. Amen. Our God is a God of surprises. We heard that in the Old Testament lesson when he chose the least likely brother to be the king of Israel. And we know from experience that we cannot predict what the future will bring. But our gospel lesson this morning tells us that the day is coming when God's will will be done perfectly in earth as it is in heaven. Until that time, we live in an imperfect world where evil exists. We have been given the ability to choose, the free will to make decisions about our lives, our involvement, our direction, and our future. Jesus acknowledges that there are two kingdoms. Perhaps calling them realms eliminates the connotation of the patriarchal or the hierarchical connotation. The realm of God and the realm of evil. We choose which one we will follow. We live in the midst of both. We experience the pull of both. We live with the hope that God will draw all persons to God's self. Everyone, everyone is invited into the kingdom of God. But not everyone will choose to enter. The parables of the seeds serve as extended metaphors for how the kingdom of God plays itself out in our everyday life from God's perspective. Parables, by their very nature, are beyond explanation. They are more than rational. They communicate universal truths. They speak to the heart and to our imagination. Understanding is linked to one's relationship to Jesus and how that will impact our lives. 
We gain glimpses of God's kingdom in our everyday lives. Partial discoveries, I call them. We all have those moments that transcend definition. I call them God moments. Recently, very recently, I witnessed the birth of our first granddaughter. We have three grandsons, one of whom is here today. It was awesome, awesome, it was mystical, and for me it was a glimpse of the kingdom as I witnessed the act of creation in our tiny little granddaughter as she made her appearance. No words could describe it. It was a grace-filled moment. Sally McVeigh, in her book, Speaking in Parables, says this, We are not told about the graciousness of God in parables, but we are shown a situation in ordinary life which has been revolutionized by grace. Perhaps you can think of such moments in your life. The parables invite us to allow our imagination to be stirred up and to recognize how mysteriously and wonderfully the kingdom, the realm of God, grows and develops and matures within us so that we can indeed then be witnesses to our faith. Of course, we all get tired of waiting at times. We get impatient with ourselves and with one another, especially those we love the most. We tend to forget both for ourselves and for them the basic rule of the realm of God. First the blade, then the ear, and then the full head, the full grain. We had a sign in in our children's bedrooms, actually, that reminds me of this. And it said, be patient with me. God isn't finished with me yet. We live in a world that wants everything done yesterday. There's a wonderful story about an old rabbi who was sitting on the front steps of his synagogue, poring over his Bible. There were children playing around him on the street, just being kids. And one little boy ran up to him and asked him why he was reading the Bible. Isn't that boring, he said. Week after week after week, don't you get tired of that same old book, the same old stuff? the same old stories? The rabbi answered him, I read them and I read them again because I want to believe them. The word of God was being nourished in the old rabbi's heart as he read his Bible and his prayers over and over and over. In telling why he was reading, the rabbi was not telling anybody else why they should read The rabbi was in a position to share his own faith. He was ready to explain his own reasons for being devout and observant, which is a lot more credible than anything he could have said about what others should do. He was giving his own story, and not even a young boy could argue with his own personal story. So think about it. What stories do you have to tell? How does the kingdom of God grow in your life? In what way does the reign of God expand and fill your life so that you can witness to your faith, so that you can show others that you practice what you preach? The parables of the seeds give us a clue. The mustard seed, a tiny little seed, became a large tree and grew in abundance in the region where Jesus taught. 
When first planted, it is imperceptible from day to day. But under the ground, things are happening. Nature's growth is constant. The planter must simply wait. What happens as the seed begins to grow? The great potential mysteriously stored in that little seed is realized. And we see examples of this all around. Every one of you, all of us, as we come into the church, we see the beautiful garden. And we know what has gone on to make that happen. The planting, the tilling, the nurturing, and then we wait, and here we are. This beautiful garden that we all can appreciate. The work of God is constant and goes on quietly over time. Just as nature's growth is inevitable, there is nothing that can stop God's realm from coming in all perfection. It is here now, it is within each one of us, and we are striving toward that perfection in our everyday lives. As Christians, we are called to consider the consequences of our actions, to turn away from evil doing, and to choose to live in the realm of God. We don't know how the miracle that is God's love works, how it grows, or how it, what makes it sprout. Sometimes we respond in fear of the unknown, avoiding confrontation with our dark side, choosing what is safe over what is right. Or sometimes we respond in hopeful confidence, trusting that God is doing more than we can ask or imagine, even when we cannot see or refuse to see or do not comprehend. The choice to live in the kingdom is not a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It comes to us every hour of every day. We are constantly making choices. Choices that lead us away from God's kingdom and choices that lead us toward God's kingdom. I have been volunteering in several programs in the prison since retiring. Without betraying any confidences, I can tell you that the most powerful thing for me to do is to listen to the stories of the prisoners. Stories of poverty, violence, lack of love, hurt, anger, and frustration. Stories that can be and are transformed by their desire to change. Some of these inmates are hoping for and working toward a new way of being in this world. And this is God's grace, God's transforming power, working slowly. Like the parable of the mustard seed, it offers encouragement. They made some bad choices, and they are paying for those choices. But there is a potential for new growth taking place if we as a society allow it. Growth that takes part apart from human effort. Remember, the sower sleeps and rises, and from human understanding. It represents God's realm here on earth, a mystery to be sure. Do I understand it? No. Do I see it in the hopes and desires of these prisoners? Yes, I do. I see their determination and persistence against immeasurable odds. I see their remorse and their struggle for forgiveness and reconciliation and their desire for love and joy in their lives. 
I see their courage and their desire to change and grow, even though many of them will probably never leave prison. And I am deeply touched by their courage and their strength, and yes, by their growth. God's grace is in evidence. The Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, put it this way, A place has been cleared where the act of God and human reality are allowed to belong together without rivalry or fear. The place where Jesus is. It is a place where human beings have only to be open to what is offered and where God demands nothing and imposes nothing but simply abides in unceasing love. A love that can only be imagined in the human world and human language in terms of of vulnerability. It is thus a place where human competition means nothing, a place where the desperate anxiety to please God means nothing, a place where the admission of failure is not the end but the beginning, a place from which no one is excluded in advance. No one is excluded in advance. Another example of growth for me, and I'm sure for many of you, was the Right 13 service for our young adults several Sundays ago. I was deeply touched as we watched those young adults with so much potential, asking God to be with them and to help them as they move into adulthood and continue on their way in the Christian journey. They represent the best of us in Christ. It was poignant to watch their parents turn to the right to be seated as their child turned to the left, symbolizing the beginning of their own journey, strengthened by the foundation given to them by their parents and by their Christian community. Once again, the miracle of growth, slow but constant. Even though we may be discouraged or disappointed because we don't see what God is doing in our lives at the moment, The parable of the mustard seed gives us hope, hope that God is alive and working in each one of us, and God will keep on working until we are exactly and fully all that God has created each one of us here to be, in a place from which no one is excluded in advance. Amen.